Well, Psalm 95, Psalm 95. If you're new or visiting, we're going through the book of Psalms verse by verse. And so let's get into it. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word and you thank you for all you're doing in so many people's lives. This is not a one man show. Father, this is, this is about saints using the gift that you have given to them to impact other people's lives here on this campus as well as around this, this community throughout the week. And Lord, even as we sang this morning, we, we just don't want to be in a Christian bubble. We want to impact lives. People are going to hell. And so, Father, even as we sing and as we're going to read this morning, as we study, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to inspire us individually as well as corporately. Lord, you know us individually and you know where we're lazy. You know where we're lackadaisical. You know where we need a kick in the pants. And so you do that. Because you're a good God. You're a faithful Father. You love us. So Lord, just have your way in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I believe Psalm 95 was written during the glory days of Israel because we want to remember this hymnal book that we're in of the Psalms right now was put together, it was compiled during the exile years in Babylon. And so in verses 1 through 7, we're going to see the call to worship the one who created all things. You see, because of the greatness of God, our hearts should be willing to come and bow down before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, it's not easy to bow down. Because when you bow down, you are submitting to the one that you are bowing down to. And that's awkward. Because if we bow down to a person, we don't know what they're going to do, what they're going to say. So I totally get that. But guys, we come to bow down to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He's never going to ask us to do anything that would harm us or hurt us, per se. He's going to always be with us. He's never going to lead us into sin. And so when we read these verses, we want to remember that He is great. We have the privilege of being in God's fold. And that is a really good thing, because some of us, all of us, at times, are pretty stubborn or difficult sheep. Psalm 95, O come... Let us sing to the Lord. Notice that exclamation point. Not let us sing to the Lord. Yeah, that's a good time to sing, I guess. Everybody else is doing it. What's in the bulletin? I wonder what's in the bulletin. No, sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Not into the presence of the music team. Well, I hope they sing my favorite song today. Oh, they didn't sing a hymn today. Oh, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with songs. Psalms are songs. For the Lord is is the great God and the great King above all gods. 
In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. If you've been around Calvary for about 40 years, this is... You're singing a song as I read these verses right there. That those, those are a song. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. You see, we have again the privilege. And so as I read these, read those verses, it's very important for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep. He's the shepherd. But oftentimes we want to take the staff and we want to lead. And we say, okay, God, I've got this. Get behind me, get beside me, but just get out of the way. I've got this. No, you don't. No, I don't. Very foolish when we do that. And he will show us. He will allow us to do it. And then we'll be looking back going, God, I am so sorry. Please, you take the staff. You lead. I blew it. And he does. Praise God. So what do we go on to read today if you hear his voice? Now this was written possibly 2,500 years ago, 2,400 years ago. So as you read a psalm and you're reading it in context, you would go, yeah, that's that's cool today. The psalmist is saying today. Uh, no, God is saying uh, today. To you, to me, today. It applies to today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And as you do your devotions, which I hope you do from Genesis to Revelation on a daily basis, whatever time of day that might be, but I really pray that you do, this is key to our devotional life. It's so easy for us, again, just to do it to do it. Well, if you're doing it to do it, because the pastor says I should do it, so I'm going to do it, your heart has already become hard. You don't have the right motives. You shouldn't do it because I beg you or I ask you or I plead with you or I encourage you to do it. That's not the right reason. If you're doing it for that, then your heart's already hard. And you're going to do it out of guilt or condemnation or whatever, and you're not going to get anything out of it because your heart is hard. My heart is hard. When I go to do devotions in the morning, I have to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to teach me today. I can't live on yesterday's teaching or last week's or last month's or last year's. Again, I'm not that smart. I don't have a memory. I need it fresh every single day. And I thank God for that. I thank God that God took, took and wiped my memory, so to speak. Because for me, I have to cling to him every single day. I have to be in his word every single day. And so for you and me, guys, this is the same. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And now the psalmist goes and he gives an example that happened hundreds of years earlier. As in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, notice the capital M there, tested God, God speaking here. They tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation and said, 
It is a people who go astray in their hearts. And they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And that generation is there, the 20-year-old and above, as, as you'll see as you read the word of God. And he's talking about the first time they came to the Jordan River. You see, Paul makes reference to this in Hebrews as well. There was a rest that the children of Israel missed out on due to their disobedience. And guys, this applies to you and to me even to this day. Not talking about salvation. So if you think you can lose your salvation, don't even go down that road. We're not talking about that. Mature. Get it off the table. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has to do with sanctification and becoming more like Jesus. But due to their disobedience, due to their spiritual hardening of their hearts. You see, we can believe that we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But when things come into our lives, when people come come to us and say something, then we'll really find out if that's true or not. Do we listen? Do we pray about it? Or do we immediately put a wall up and go, no. Because God can use anybody. God can use a little child. God can use a rainstorm to find out where we're at with him. Do we grumble and complain or do we serve him? You see, God, want, God wanted to bless the Israelites by taking them into the promised land, but it needed to be taken by faith. And even after seeing all the miracles, think about this, guys, all the miracles in Egypt that they saw. And the first time they got to the Jordan, it was two years. All the miracles that they saw in the desert, no super Walmarts, no Targets, no Circle Ks, no fries, bashes, nothing but desert for two years supplying them with food and water, they saw all of that. They come to the Jordan, and because of disobedience and a hardness of heart, they allowed their hearts to grow cold to the love and care that God had expressed to them over the last two and a half years. Their stubborn hearts rebelled against God, and they reaped the consequences. Does this happen at all in the church? I'm sure that all of you could have a testimony of your own personal life as a believer or of someone close to you that you can look at and go, yeah, I saw, I didn't see it happening. All of a sudden they were getting divorced. All of a sudden the wife leaves the husband and the kids or the husband leaves the wife and the kids. And it's like, man, I never saw that coming. It didn't happen overnight. It was weeks and months and possibly years. And then one day, boom, they're gone. It didn't happen overnight. And no, you didn't, I didn't, no, we didn't see it coming. But there was a hardening of the heart. There was a disobedience to the word of God. And subtly and subtly and surely and surely and slowly and slowly, boom, the fruit of that hardness of heart. So guys, we all have to look at this and go, is my heart growing cold? Is my heart getting hard towards the things of God? Is a Sunday morning my Christianity I mean, we have to ask ourselves this question. My pastorate is not on Sunday morning. I have to be a pastor all week long. I don't think any of you would be be here this morning if I wasn't a pastor all week long. If I was out doing all kinds of goofy stuff, would you show up? No, obviously not. So we have to look at our Christianity, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week. Am I becoming more like Jesus? 
Or am I just playing church? You see, this concept is the same for us today. Entering into the spiritual rest that God desires to give to every believer is by faith. And yet we are so stubborn at times. Sometimes our rebellion is so obvious, and other times it's very subtle, but it's still rebellion. Let me ask you a few questions. Were those who rebelled not considered God's children anymore? Did God abandon them in the wilderness? No. First question. No. Second question. Did God stop loving and caring for them? No. You see, God remained faithful, but it took another 38 years and the death of everyone over 20 years of age at that time of the rebellion to die before the Israelites could enter into the promised land. You see, the second time they came to the Jordan, they entered by faith, knowing that God was faithful. Even though there are giants in the land and there are cities that appear to be impenetrable, God was faithful. That he loved them, he cared for them, and that he would be with them forevermore. And so for you and me this morning, the psalmist encourages his readers to learn a lesson from their ancestors. Don't allow your heart to become cold to the ways of God. The world is pressing in on every side of us, guys. You, me, every side. But the Holy Spirit that dwells in every believer is far greater than anything the world could throw at us. And the enemy is going to continue to come at us as believers in Jesus Christ. Psalm 96. Now this particular psalm may have been written during the dedication of the second temple. When the Israelites were allowed to return to Jerusalem, they rebuilt the temple to once again offer sacrifices to the one true God. The surrounding nations, though, they didn't like the idea of Jerusalem being rebuilt, and they did put up a fuss over it. But the Jews eventually won out, and they settled once again into their land. And so in verse 1 of Psalm 96, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. You see, it's amazing how many songs have been written over the years and that new songs are being penned even as we study the word this morning. And it's good. It's good to have new songs. Not that there is anything wrong with the old, but it's the new that keeps our musical worship fresh. You see, we need to guard our hearts that our musical form of worship doesn't become ritual or stale. And new songs can express the same old truths to the current generation. You see, the psalmist was possibly expressing himself to this current situation, returning to Jerusalem, to a city that was totally destroyed many years earlier. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Verse 2, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all. All peoples. Notice that. The author here mentions nations several times in this short psalm. And he has a heart for the lost. That's what he's saying. He has a heart for the lost. Sing, bless, proclaim the good news of his salvation. You see, salvation is obviously the key here. And if this was written about the return from Babylon to Jerusalem... They didn't have much, guys. 
It wasn't about physical belongings at this time. It was about a relationship with the God of the universe. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but it's still happening today. If you were asked to evacuate your, your residence because of a fire, a flood, a hurricane, a tornado, and you came back and it was gone, where would your God be? Would he still be on the throne? Would you still seek him? Would you still praise him after you get done with the tears? I mean, there's emotions. We're going to have tears. I mean, that's no question about that. But would you give him praise? Would you sing a new song to him? See, that's what we're challenged with on a regular basis in our lives as Christians. And there's the key. Declare his glory and his wonders. Jim's going to queue up a video and, and we're going to turn down the lights. Because this is really important, guys. And the, even the songs that we sang this morning, again, I, I didn't you know, orchestrate all this. And you're not going to be able to remember the songs. And I know the study ahead of time, so I had a little bit of advantage. But man, they just tied in perfectly with the songs that we're reading about this morning. So I wanted to show you guys this, this little video. I wanted to pause it here. It's been estimated there are more stars than the universe. You see, science finally caught up with the Bible. There are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on earth. But there are more atoms in one grain of sand than there are stars in the universe. So when you think you have a problem, (laughs) realize what a big God we serve, guys. That's what the psalmist is saying. The previous psalm and this, we serve a really big God. But when we're going through our problems, and they are real problems. I mean, there's no question about that. They are real problems. We have to evaluate. What is going on, guys? Help me get my perspective, God. Help me get my perspective back on you. Because looking at our lives upon this small speck of dust called earth in this huge universe, which is one of many, we come to realize that life is short and salvation means eternity with God. You see, if nothing else is going right, that's worth singing about 
if nothing else is going right, that will lift our souls no matter what the enemy is throwing at us. You see, obviously you and I have the opportunity and based on a, on a regular basis with our loved ones and those who happen to be around us. To declare, it means to inscribe, to recount. Declare, declare in verse 3. Declare his glory among the nations. Now for you and I, most of us are not going to go to other nations. But there are lots of people around us every day. Co-workers, neighbors, family members. To to inscribe, to recount. You see, it's important to allow the Holy Spirit to bring back to memory those things that God has done for us. And then to meditate upon those things. Verses 4 and 5. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Notice, little g. All the gods of the people are idols. When they leave, they got to go over to the shelf and pick up their god. Hey, we're moving. Come on, let's go. He's really God? But the Lord made the heavens. Guys, the heavens. That's why I wanted to show that video. God spoke that into being. Actually, Jesus, who is God, spoke that into being, Colossians tells us. And he's the one who holds it all together. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations. So again, for you and me, say to our neighbors, say to our coworkers, say to our family members, The Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. And all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. As the music team Comes up, music team, you guys come on up. For he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. Now for you and me as believers, praise God, he's not coming to judge us for salvation and and judge us on our works, but there is the Bema seat, reward seat, where we will be judged for what we have done in the name of Jesus, and we will receive rewards. What we're going to do with those, the Bible doesn't tell us, so I have no idea. But I thank God that he's going to give me a reward that he gave me the Holy Spirit, inspired me to do something anyway. So it wasn't me doing it. But he does need vessels. He does need you and me. For he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness. With righteousness. And the peoples with his truth. Isn't it crazy what's happening right now in our culture? On these little devices, on these, I don't know what they're even called. Jim, what are these things called like Twitter and Facebook and social media media stuff? It's just crazy. And are they right? Are they truthful? Most of the time, weeks or months or years later, it's like they were lying the whole time. Oh, well. You know what? God's going to judge in righteousness. And what this means, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning, is Jesus is right. 
There's no, you know, you can argue with him all you want. Jesus is right. And he never sinned. So if you want to get to heaven on your own, that means you could have never sinned, which we know you failed already because you were two or three at one time and you were a stinking little sinner, just like the rest of us. So just give it up and bend the knee and accept Jesus as your savior. Because he is right. And when he comes to judge you, he's going to judge you in truth. Not hearsay, not over Twitter. Well, I read my Twitter the other day and they said this about you. God knows. So just surrender, guys. He loves you. And for us this morning, as we heard this study, maybe you need to, maybe you've looked, looking, thinking about your own heart. You know, my heart has gotten cold. My heart has gotten hard. That's the Holy Spirit, not me. If that's you, just surrender. You don't have to make a big deal about it. But don't put it off. Don't brush it off. If the Holy Spirit was talking to you, obey, repent, and get right with him. Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for allowing us to see that we're just a a speck of dust on this earth. And this earth is a speck of dust in this universe. But yet, you created us. And you placed us here for a purpose. There's other people that have not accepted your son yet and and we rub elbows with them. We, we have an influence in their lives. This week, Lord, even as we sing this song, we, we got to go out there with love. We need more of your Holy Spirit to love the unlovable because we were unlovable at one time. And at some moments, we <laughs> we can still be unlovable. But you still love us. So, Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh and anew that we might have an impact this week. It might not just be another week of waking up and going to bed, but it'd be a week of transformation, a week of devotions, a week of spending time with you, getting maybe back to that first love, of really loving reading your word and, and really loving hearing your Holy Spirit talk to us. Whatever the case may be, Lord, and, and if we've just been strong, Lord, it's not, we don't, it's not us. It's your Holy Spirit. We need more of your Holy Spirit. We don't trust in, in yesterday's manna. We need fresh filling even this day. So fill us afresh, even as we sing this song, Lord. May we acknowledge your majesty, your glory, as we saw in that video. You are just so majestic. May we never lose sight of that wonderful truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, guys, and sing it out with your whole heart, guys. You saw the video. We are a speck on a speck on a speck on a speck. But God loves us. If you need prayer or if you'd like to receive Jesus, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you.
wonder and show. 